All right. Greetings, divine spirits. Uh, and just wanted to point out that the, uh, the opening music there, that was my uh, old, I guess you could call it band, when I lived in Seattle. Uh, in fact, it just reminded me, the the, the drummer on that uh, track and the albums that I played on, just wanted to send a good shout out to him and his wife. Uh, they're coming up on one year of marriage, and they met because we all knew each other. So that was that's a beautiful... Uh, symbol of unification there and brings back great memories of being in a recording studio. All right. So welcome to Deepen in the Divine Radio. And again, just very happy, very grateful to be here on BBS Radio uh, with all the other fine uh, folks that are on the channel. Uh, we're on Channel 2, and uh, especially all the folks on Channel 1 that I used to, I still listen to, actually, uh, like Saturday Nights, um, Mr. Gilliland, um, then D. Wallace on Sunday mornings, and um, uh, the Canon Radio Show on Friday uh, evenings as well. I haven't listened to that in a bit, but that's it, reminding me that I should, and I'm grateful for that reminder. And so um, for this, this is our third show. And the topic for today is All I Want Is You, uh, which is a U2 song that I still love to this day. I just love songs that kind of start off quiet, then build and build and build to a crescendo, just a lot of powerful emotion, and then just sort of like dwindle off. So there's a theme there and like the type of music that I like to listen to. But it's also hinting at the theme that at least is going on in my life. And it's really been interesting as I talk to other people you know, despite all the craziness in the world, people, at least in my kind of domain where I kind of run around, are starting to realize, you know, despite all of that, they're starting to realize, well, what what is spirituality all about? And really, if you kind of take away all of the specialness around some of it and all the tools and techniques and things that you can learn, it really comes down to God, at least for me, that I'm realizing all I want is God. Um, in my life. Um, I'm still going to have a normal life. I'm not going to go out aside from, you know, some of these, if I'm doing a radio show, I'm going to go out and speak, I'll speak about this. But when I'm around normal folks, I guess you could say, you know, when, when I'm at my day job, I'm basically a normal guy. Like I'm a, I'm a research and development engineer and uh, helping to build, you know, commercial spaceships. So don't, you know, walk around or talk to people about God and how God should be important and judging people and, pushing my belief system on them, I've just realized this for myself, um, that I really want to have a single-minded focus on God and returning home. Uh, you know, I'm basically, the language that I tend to use that, that I've learned um, and appreciated over the years is from A Course in Miracles, which uh, gets you to really look at practicing true forgiveness in your life. And I'm sure we'll have future uh, shows where we go over exactly, well, what does true forgiveness mean? But uh, for today's show, we're really going to focus on all the different ways uh, or some of the background story of what does single-minded focus on God, knowing that all you want is God, how does how does that look like? What is that? Uh, how does that show up in your life while you're still sort of maintaining this normalness in your personality or body, at least to others. And, and yes, maybe sometimes you're guided to talk about this with people. But um, my perspective is I'm not much, you know, I'm not into preaching 
to people that are open. I'm assuming that those that are listening in here, that you've all enrolled yourselves. You know, there, it wasn't me going, you must listen. Uh, you must pay attention, right? Um, because I do have people in my life that are like that. They're, they talk, talk, talk. They tend to push their ideas um, on me and on other people. And personally, I, I tend not to really listen uh, too deeply to, to people like that because I know that they're still working quite a bit on their own stuff. Um, but then there's other people that do resonate with me, obviously, and I do listen to, especially when it comes to spirituality and with God. So again, um, just welcoming everybody for those of you that this might be your first time, maybe you're listening live today, November 3rd, 2017, um, or you're new to the community. And so I just want to say welcome to Deepen in the Divine, our spiritual community here. And again, this is a like-minded group of spiritual folks who yearn to cut through everything and just fall back in love with God. And this is where we're going to learn to use tools to help us remove blocks to love, which is God and to get some intuitive guidance along the way. So what I've learned is that um, as at least my experience is as I've opened up more and more to this idea of spirituality, this idea of God, um, practicing A Course of Miracles, practicing forgiveness, really feeling, you know, I'm not done, but feeling several layers lift away, I have personally felt like I've been blessed with really understanding uh, intuitive gifts. And so that's something that I, I love to do on the side when I'm not working or I'm not writing, squeeze in some time to do some intuitive readings. Uh, in fact, I did one this morning, just really loved it. Loved the woman that um, was talking to, just amazing. Uh, I get to, the, the thing that I love the most about doing intuitive readings, and I know each intuitive is different, each person's different, But when I initially connect with people after I do an invocation prayer, I get to feel their energy and especially how they connect with the divine or connect with their team of guides, essentially. And each person is really so beautiful and really receive information in truly unique ways. You know, I would say generally, yes, a lot of people receive information through their third eye, through their heart chakra, through their crown. That's typically where a lot of it comes in. Um, But it's just there's a lot of subtle differences and ranges and just I think every one of you is just absolutely beautiful, especially getting to experience um, my fellow brothers and sisters in spirit in this way. And so I just love to offer that out. In fact, on this show, if you feel called or guided that uh, you have a question or an issue that you'd like some intuitive guidance around, feel free to call in during the show. And the call in number is toll free. For those in the U.S., and that's 888-429-5471. Again, if you want to talk on the show, that's 888-429-5471. All right, so we'll see if later on in the show anyone uh, gets a, an urge or a message that they should be calling in today. Um, but I always like to start out, um, at least fairly early on in the show, Uh, with some sort of a quote or a prayer. And so for today's show, I um, picked Lesson 185 from A Course in Miracles. This is in the Workbook for Students section. And it's simply stated, I want the peace of God. And this gets back to the theme for today. You know, I want all I want is God. I, I will God in my life. I will God fully in my life. Uh, This is a great reminder. I want the peace of God. 
And I just wanted to read the first paragraph from this lesson, and it is, To say these words is nothing, but to mean these words is everything. If you could but mean them for just an instant, there would be no further sorrow possible for you in any form, in any place or time. Heaven would be completely given back to full awareness. Memory of God entirely restored. The resurrection of all creation fully recognized. And if you're not familiar with A Course in Miracles, sometimes the way things are worded can be a little bit tricky. And as I've read, especially through um, another A Course in Miracles author, Gary Renard, he was visited by uh, two ascended masters, and they kind of describe why the A Course in Miracles is written the way it is, because it's intended to get you to slow down. It's written specifically in that way. Um, and some of it's written in iambic pentameter, pentameter excuse me, um, the same as uh, Shakespeare. And again, it's just meant you to get you to really slow down. And plus the way I think once you get used to the wording, it becomes rather beautiful, actually. And so, um, yes, that's the, the quote for this week. And again, what I like to do um, on the show when we do have it, which is every other week, every other Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific, is to have some sort of like a gratitude minute. And so while I'm going through my gratitude items or list, um, you can do the same. Maybe just kind of tune me out for a little bit and think about all the things that you're grateful for in your life. I know I already spoke about some of the other BBS uh, radio personalities, um, but there are some other things that I want to mention that I'm grateful for. Um, so for me, I am grateful that every single sister or brother I meet is an opportunity to remember that they are healed and whole spirit residing in heaven. Every moment that I appear to breathe is a choice, you know, no matter what, it's to either remember or to forget God, and I will to know God. And so I've really come to a place in my life where I really, I think I mean <laughs> that all I want is God. And I, what I'm realizing is I've really hesitated from saying that for a long time uh, for various reasons. Um, I, th- You know, just growing up the way I did, I grew up Catholic, um, and it struck me that there's things about it that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me because I'm a pretty sensitive person. I picked up on a lot of things that, and I made choices around that. And I'm not judging the Catholic religion. I still think there's beautiful elements of it. In fact, I'll briefly talk about one of those that I've um, been using quite a bit recently. Um, but for whatever reason, it, I just sort of shunned that part of myself, which is God, which is Father or Mother in Heaven. And I went through some things growing up and into my teenage years where I kind of went through an angry stage, um, especially after a plane crash, just kind of questioned a lot of things. Um, But then by the time I was in my late 20s, started to come back to spirituality. But it took me a long time to even say the word God. Um, It took reading A Course in Miracles. And even when I read it, I would feel uncomfortable reading about the God or Father or Holy Spirit because those things reminded me of some belief systems that I had that I still was, you know, very comfortable with. I hadn't healed those things. But then eventually I realized I love God. I want God fully in my life. 
but yet I still had a hard time saying it or admitting it that that's really all I wanted until pretty recently, honestly. It really amazes me when I think back to it. Um, all the years um, that I've been kind of going on a spiritual journey, how long it's taken to really fully say, all I want is God. Um, and I think part of it, too, is I kind of feel like I've been giving into some peer pressure in the sense that, especially in like the new age or the metaphysical world, there's a lot of focus away from God, um, at least the way I'm seeing it now. And which is why it's really interesting to see on a parallel, fairly, kind of parallel path, someone like Adoring Virtue, who's been in you know the Hay House staple of authors for many, many years and an author prior to Hay House, um, but you know being known as the angel lady and all the work she's done with all her different oracle cards, uh, workshops, books, audiobooks, videos, and you know. I think around the beginning of this year, she, uh, she had basically some encounter with um, the personality, the body, the physical form of Jesus. And because of that encounter, um, it basically made her really rethink her whole career, which I really admire. I mean, basically, the way I read it is she's decided, you know, all she wants is God, and she wants to start taking away or eliminating the work that's out there that distracts people from really having a close relationship with either Jesus or God. Um, And I think that that's really beautiful. I, you know, I was kind of watching some of the controversy that came up around that, how some people got really upset by that. But then I, I started to understand it's because there's still elements of, of us, of all of us that are out there that are still, carrying, you know, what A Course in Miracles would say is that we still carry this initial guilt that we separated from God. And so even though we might say we're spiritual, you know, really look at that. Can you really say, I love God with all my heart? I want God in my life all the time. I, in fact, can give all this up so I can be with God. I think that's sort of, you know, the later stages. And I bring this up because I've had at first, it scared the heck out of me, but I've had the pleasure of writing a novel um, called Masters of Love that's finally getting through its editing phases here. But it's about, it's it's fiction, and it's something that I imagine with the help of some little tidbits of information I picked up from, again, Gary Renard's books, where his ma- Ascended Masters had talked about a little bit about the historical Jesus and his wife, Mary Magdalene. And that thought just completely intrigued me. And all of a sudden, before I knew it, an idea started to come in as far as, ooh, this could be a book. Um, and at first, I wasn't really sure, should it be fiction or nonfiction? And then eventually, I just decided to release all the shackles around my mind, my belief system. If I just made it fiction, then there wouldn't be so much pressure around writing about these two historical figures that have been kind of tossed around in different perspectives and viewpoints. Um, But what was really clear to me was both Yeshua and in in my novel, his wife and equal, an equal master, uh, Mary Magdalene. You know, they had this, aside from the miracles that they may have performed or just how loving they were to people, which I think can be a trap from what I've seen of people that read the Bible. They want to try to just mimic what they've read or what they would imagine other people would do, but it's much, much deeper than that. 
And the other thing that really scared me, honestly, about writing this novel was the idea, not only would I write about these two characters, but I would actually write from both of their first-person perspectives, which meant I would actually have to imagine how they thought. Um, and maybe some of you can imagine this, but a lot of, um, I guess, gremlin-type voices came up in my mind, which was, you know, who the heck do you think you are to even imagine what's, what someone like a Yeshua or Jesus may have thought or Mary Magdalene, especially if you're thinking that they were enlightened or masters. Um, So yeah, there is a bit of fear around that for me, to be honest. It took uh, a wonderful life coach to sort of nudge me (laughs) in the right direction. So thank you, Jeff, for that. Um, But once I committed to writing this, it literally poured out of me in just over a month. I had written the first draft manuscript you know it was like 90 some thousand words um i don't know how many pages i guess pages doesn't matter depends on what format it's in but you know this this book probably when it's published and comes out in both paperback and hardcover it's probably going to be 200 high 200s low 300s i would imagine in pages and i never even thought i could write a novel to begin with so that's a long story to say i really developed this amazing internal relationship with Yeshua and Mary Magdalene and realizing that aside from, again, healing the sick or walking on water or changing um, water into wine, those are just really um, side effects, I guess you could say, of what happens when you actually heal your mind so that you can, act- so you can join and actually have union, communion with God with our father, mother in heaven, which is our birthright, which is where we really reside. Just that along the way, we've made decisions at a metaphysical level and every day at a personal level to stay separated. And so I think the path towards God is a mix of healing, healing the mind, which uh, again, what I've learned through A Course in Miracles is, I mean, you really can't do that on your own. I know I've tried and I've failed miserably every time, especially when I try to control things as much as I do, which is pretty much, you know, how I was taught, um, how we're all taught, I think. You know, if you want to get something done, you do it yourself. If you rely on someone, you're going to be let down. You know, those are the rules of living in this wor- the world of illusion or bodies. And so A Course in Miracles is a completely different path. It basically says, well, stop worrying about all those effects. You know, what do you, what do you really want? Do you really want, want to experience love, peace, and joy? Do you really want to experience uh, or re-experience and have full knowledge of your place in heaven? And, you know, I can intellectualize those words like a lot of people can and say, oh, of course I do. But there's work involved in order to do that because right now, You can kind of think of yourself as a computer program and you're just running these programs over and over again that are basically saying, I'm I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that, I'm angry about this, I'm angry about that, I don't have this so I'm not fully happy, I want this so I can be fully happy. But when you think about it and cut through all of the, the layers, it really comes down to one thing. You won't be fully, fully, truly happy until you're back home with God. Um, And that, I think, is a truth. 
I think I can say that and not be judgmental or not be push push um, that. I just think it's a universal truth. At some point, each and every one of us is going to wake up to that truth. But until that point, we will distract ourselves. I do it every day, <laughs> all the time. Um, and yeah, while I'm still in this world, I'm going to try to figure out ways that will keep me happy while doing the work that I'm doing or trying creative things or trying to um, put things out or publish things. Um, so it's it's a journey. I just think that something like A Course in Miracles or other spiritual paths where there's just a complete focus on God and healing your mind so that you can become one with God will get you there a lot faster. Um, and that's a lot of what I've learned, especially with this relationship with Yeshua and Mary Magdalene. Um, my understanding was that everywhere they walked, everywhere they talked, everywhere they would lay their head down to sleep, they would always remind themselves that they literally could not be here, could not do anything without God. Um, and that it even went another step. And again, the novel, you know, uses a lot of principles from A Course in Miracles, but it's not just, you know, feeling and, and personally having a relationship with God, but then looking at the sea of people or bodies or circumstances in the world and realizing that behind all of that, each one of those um, people or seemingly different people are spirit themselves, that they are basically all part of the children, the kingdom of God. And again, when I hear myself speak these words, sometimes I go, wow, I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, because, yeah, it's, it was hard to even say words like that, to say that that's something, one, I understood, which I'm still, I don't fully understand, to be honest with you. I mean, who can really understand heaven or the kingdom of God unless you've had a direct experience? You know, I've had some pretty cool moments throughout my life, especially doing a lot of meditation, but... Um, I can't sit here and say I've had a full experience of God, you know, I, I really wish I can and have and that it would be permanent at some point. But I also see where there's, you know, fear in my mind, uh, ways that I have, you know, allowed belief systems to crop up and prevent me from having these full on experiences, which is why I think the concept is simple, you know, to be with God fully and to heal your mind. But I don't think it's it's um, the easiest path to take, especially in a world where we're inundated over and over again with messages, you know, saying that the world is violent, the world is out of control, um, that in order to be loved, you have to have a lot of money or status or, you know, beautiful things, large things, expensive things. There's so many different rules that distract us um, from from God. And from what I think our hearts truly want at a deep level, we just, for the most part, most of us haven't figured that out. And again, I feel like I'm slowly starting to figure that out. But, you know, I I see where things get in my way, you know, quite often. But that was, again, getting back to what I learned from Yeshua and Mary Magdalene, was that, you know, they kept their mind focused on God throughout all of their days. As uh, A Course in Miracles says, this is a course in mind training. And I really think that's exactly what um, these two characters or historical figures, in my opinion, um, were able to do. I mean, they had such focus and will as they moved about their lives that they never 
lost sight of their real goal. You know, they may have gotten distracted from time to time, but probably not as much as I know I have or a lot of us have today, which is why I think it's it can be even harder to live a true path back to God in today's um, day and age because it's literally built to distract us uh, even more, to separate us even more, even though we have symbols that can bring us together, you know, like the World Wide Web is supposed to bring everyone together um, through like email, through information, through being able to see each other on video. So in some ways it's brought us closer, but in a lot of ways you can see how the ego has crept back in to continue to create ideas of separation. You know, it seems like everywhere I go, I, I try to be really mindful when I have my my smartphone with me and I'm in a public place i try to put it away sometimes i don't because i need to catch up but when i put my phone away and just sort of look around and take in what's going on and um join my mind with god um, i see all these people buried in their smartphones you know it doesn't matter where i'm at it could be at a gas even at a gas station uh like i was this morning um in the malls in restaurants Uh, in fact i felt kind of weird because when my wife and i we went out last night First thing we both did was we had our heads on our phones at first, and I realized, whoa, what am I doing here? I want to spend time with my wife, not with this device. But again, just echoing that that's another way that we separate, and we can actually, in the moment, stop that and realize maybe you can't say all I want is God, but maybe you can say I want connection, I want union, I want to come together, I want to reduce the separation, and then that could be a step forward. Um, Because, again, I eventually think the steps that you're taking one by one eventually leads you to realize all I want is God. Okay. So we're about halfway through here, and I thought I would just remind folks that um, this can be about the time of the show where if um, you're looking for any kind of intuitive guidance in your life, um, you can call into the show, and that call-in number is 888 Four two nine five four seven one. Again, that's eight 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 four two nine five four seven one. All right. So, getting back to the um, the concept of all I want it is God. You know, I think um, I've been through this line of questioning, and and I've talked to other people, which is, well, if all I want is God, and if like A Course in Miracles says all this is an illusion, well, how do I live my life? And what I've learned, and this is why I have a, I literally have a tattoo on my left forearm of uh, the Japanese Aikido, which is, is considered a martial art, but in my mind, it's really not. I mean, it's more of a, a very feminine way to, to, use energy and kind of turn it around so that instead of it being violent, it becomes peaceful. That, I think, is the major tenet of Aikido, which was written about in, in a book, a beautiful book called The Art of Peace, which you would think the master of a, a martial art would be in alignment with the art of war. But it's a really beautiful book about really... Um, I'm unfortunately blanking on the name of, of the 
the Japanese master who started uh, Aikido. But if you read his book, The Art of Peace, in my mind, there's a lot of elements in there. It reminds me of like A Course in Miracles or really just very um, deep-rooted spiritual thinking, you know, whether it's Buddhism, Hinduism, the loving tenets of Christianity, um, Islam. Um, it's just really beautiful. And that's why the way I look at what we're doing in the world is sort of taking what appears to be negative energy or the maybe the the dark things that are we're experiencing in our lives and we can actually Aikido that or, or flip it around and direct it back so that it either gets healed. Like um, one of the techniques we learned in Aikido is if someone's coming at you you know, with a knife, obviously guns are going to be totally different. I'm not going to use that metaphor. But if someone's running at you, let's say, with a fist or a knife, you know, with Aikido, you're not there to stand there and then fight back. It's more of you take that energy and just sort of turn it around. One of the more beautiful examples, I'm going to share two of them with the Aikido, and then I'm going to get to my point of how this applies getting back to God. But um, in Aikido, if someone were to run at you and attack you, you know, if there's enough distance, you'd say like, hey, are you sure? You look really angry. Do you want to keep coming at me? Okay, you are. Great. Then as they get in close to you, you basically can take their arm and their shoulder and you spin them around. So then all of a sudden you're walking side by side with them going, hey, hey, brother, are you sure you want to keep doing this? You want you're still angry? What's what's angered you? Right. And just sort of transform that energy. And maybe you can, maybe you can. It doesn't matter really in the the world of form because sometimes you can't really control what's going on and you got to take care of yourself sometimes. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm not saying the nonviolent way of Aikido is the best way to go for some people, but that's, there's a metaphor there and that's that you don't always have to react, you know, violence with violence. You can Aikido it <laughs> essentially and transform that energy if you have that mindset. And that's, really a metaphor of how I see the world. Just like uh, another example with Aikido, that uh, demonstration that our master gave us, which I thought to me, it was the most brilliant example I had seen. Um, she had, uh, I think, yeah, she actually used me as an example, which is probably why it stuck. Because she um, noticed that I was always stretching my back and I just said, yeah, my back is always tight. I'm under a lot of stress at work. And she said, oh, well, here's, here's an Aikido move you can, learn, you can use in your life. So she had me stand up. She had me hold my arms straight out um, from my sides. And then she had uh, two really big guys in the class stand up. They're you know, almost twice my size. And she did it that on purpose, I'm sure. She had them basically grab either arm. And they were both tugging on either side and kind of going, hey, this is what the world's doing to you, right? It's pulling on you it's tugging you wants to go one way or the other you feel like you're under a lot of stress and strain and what do you normally do or what do we normally do well we try to fight it right we're always well that side's pulling harder so i got to pull on that side Oop, now the other side's pulling harder i'm going to pull back on that side and in one swift beautiful move she said okay now i want you to bring your hands together in prayer and sit down and meditate and as soon as i did that the two gentlemen on my sides that were pulling, they completely lost their balance and fell over. Meanwhile, I get to sit down in peace and prayer and meditate. 
And that one experience completely changed my world perspective on how we can be in this world. And the way I, I use that metaphor now is not just how can we be in this world, but how can I constantly take the information that's coming at me, the people that appear to be coming at me, the stress, um, and then transform that so that it becomes um, a way to either heal my mind or a reminder that I don't want this, I want the peace of God. Now, what I can say is that moment helped me out a lot. Now, am I a master at applying this in my life? Uh, yeah, I've got a lot to learn still. I mean, because I think that's why we're all here. We've we've all been programmed because we're part of this huge collective experience. And uh, as I've said probably before in another show, when I used to channel a higher self aspect, the one message that would come through that really made a lot of sense to me was that our our experience, our illusion, our universe is like the movie War Games. And the movie War Games was basically with Matthew Broderick playing against this computer um, that basically somehow he hacked in and turned on like a nuclear war simulation game, um, which is one of many games that this computer could play. And that's exactly what's going on in this universe, is that we really, our mind, once it's separated from God, sort of um, kind of lost it, not sort of, it lost its connection, not completely, but mostly, and just kind of went off and decided, oh, I did something wrong, I did something bad, I got away from God, and now I got to go figure out how to create apart from God, because I can't go back to God, because, man, I did something really bad. And so our universe is essentially this big holodeck that's playing out these simulations over and over and over again that appear to be different, but are really the same thing kind of over and over again. There's just some major themes over and over again that get played out, and we all do it at our own level. We do it at a family level, neighborhoods, companies, countries, planets, solar systems, and then the universe, or multi-universe as well. And they're all playing these simulations apart from God. And then, like in the movie War Games, the computer, right before it launches all of its nuclear weapons, has done all these calculations and realizes, wait a second, this game is pointless. <laughs> and, like, everyone's going to die. Like, why are we playing this game? I'm going to stop. And it just shuts that, shuts the game down within, like, a second, I think, like typical Hollywood, like a second left. And it shut down all, you know, firing its nuclear weapons from U.S. to Russia and all around the world. And that's what how I feel that our universe really is. We're just all part of these simulations. Um, and eventually, as each one of us wakes up, we kind of realize, wait a second, this this whole experience, this simulation, this illusion, apart from God, is pretty pointless. Like, why am I doing this? I'm done. Um, and that's very simplified because I do think there is a process to get to that, not only being done place, but to be completely at peace and to be, to basically be lit up as a spirit, um, because that's really how God notices you. Because when you're in fear, you're in doubt, um, this might be a shock to some, but I really don't think that God, um, notices that because if God did, then God would buy into all this craziness that's going on. I think God only rec recognizes love, pure love, uh, the love that God has created. And until we get back to that level, we're going to be overlooked. And so that, that's kind of how I have seen, um, you know, this 
idea of all I want is God and coming back to God. And so how do, you, how do I or how do we apply this in our daily lives? So for me, um, I wrote about some of this in the book Forgiveness, Inc. that's out there on Amazon, I believe. And um, I think it's even involved, uh, evolved even more since I wrote that book a few years ago. Um, because now that I want a direct relationship with God, I mean, that's really what I'm trying to hold in my mind. Um, and of course, yes, I do forget. There's moments where, because I like I have to work alone a lot in my job, I'll get a little down, to be honest. You know, I like working with people as something I've realized. Um, and when I don't have that, then I'll kind of get down on, on myself or down on the environment. And then I have to realize, like, wait a second, you know, if all I want is God or all I'm really trying to experience is love and, and joy, you know, I can bring that in to my mind right now. I don't have to rely on all these external circumstances. So it is completely about um, a course in mind training. And in this case, it's about being really aware of the thoughts that I have in my mind. Or sometimes it's the way I'm feeling or how my body's feeling because it's just simply a meter reflecting back what's going on in my mind level. And so then what I get to do is um, when I'm feeling that way is realize, okay, well, I don't want to feel this way. I would rather feel love. I would rather feel peace. Clearly, I'm not doing a good job here in releasing that. And so then I call in like the Holy Spirit, who in my opinion is meant um, to be that aspect of us that wants to heal our mind because its mind is already healed and it's just trying to collect back all the splintered pieces so that one day us as a collective will be fully returned back to heaven. But each one of us needs to do our job, um, which is practicing, again, that single-mindedness um, back to God uh, in every moment as much as we can until it just becomes a part of us. And then, as A Course in Miracles would say, you know, basically once your mind is healed and you really are just love or peace, then God can take that final step and bring you back fully into heaven where you have that unending experience and knowledge of, of true love, of unending bliss, of the, uh, some, some people would joke and call it the, the never-ending increasing orgasm. And that all sounds good to me, and that's something that I'm feeling called to more and more and more. So again, the way I apply this, like especially when I'm at work, um, I can do it things, it could be something as simple as like, some, for me, when I get, um, especially with development, sometimes you have to do some pretty complex stuff and, you know, I'll get stuck and I'll be like, wow, I have no idea <laughs> how I'm going to do the next step to this process. I mean, I have some ideas, but I have no clue how I'm practically going to do this. And so I used to put the burden fully on me to have to figure it out. Or I would, in some cases, give my power away and go, well, I guess I'm going to go to that smarter person and they're going to straighten me out. But what I've learned over the time is that a smart person or someone that even doesn't really know a whole lot of what's going on, they're all going to come up with different ideas. The smart person will even come up with different ideas on a different day. And there's really a thousand or a million ways to solve the same problem. And so when I release this idea that I'm stuck or that I can't figure things out, I'll literally go in my mind, you know, Holy Spirit or God, 
you know, I'm feeling separation, I'm feeling lack, I'm feeling like I'm not creative enough, but I know that's not my true nature. I'm handing this over uh, for you to heal because I know that I would rather experience my true nature. And when I do that, I swear, every time now, it's been a couple, two or three years since I've been doing this piece of it, something will come to me or someone will say something to me. Something will get me out of that stuckness. And I'm realizing how valuable having a, this relationship with God is. And it's not just because, yeah, it's helped in the world of form. Um, it's just because I experience a lot more peace and happiness when I approach work or problems with this way. Um, even recently, you know, I'm, I've, I've mentioned this before, I've been going through some health issues um, for the past year. And so it some days it doesn't take much and my energy can be completely drained. Um, but there's two things that I've realized when it comes to that, the tiredness, the feeling low energy, you know, sometimes the trudging into work, like feeling like I'm a slave, <laughs> which is another mindset I'm working on, healing uh, or seeing differently or Aikidoing uh, <laughs> to see it differently or experience it differently. Um, when I realize that I can step outside of the the world of form and the idea that I'm always tired or that my body is going through some stuff. Every time that I remember that I want to be with God and sort of, I could be working in the middle of work and I just do this in my mind and just think about God, uh, think about how I want to be with God, how I am with God, how God wants me to be vibrant and happy. Um, nine times out of 10, my energy comes back. And yeah, it might go away later in the day when I'm not thinking about all this stuff, but I'm learning more and more that I can trust on this source. Um, I wish I could remember more often, <laughs> um, but I'm just sharing some of the things that I've learned here and what I think are practical benefits of really saying, all I want is you, God. Um, yeah, definitely, I would say bodily pain too. Um, part of the side effect of what whatever I'm going through, uh, I still don't even know what it is, but because um, personally I do... I don't even think it matters because I think it is all stuff going on in my mind or belief system. But um, a lot of the work that I do, especially when I'm in the middle of projects, I have to be, you know, working, standing up on my feet, working on a shop floor, doing a lot of work with hand tools, things like that. And because I'm usually bent over or having to do a lot of hand work, uh, my mid back just gets super sore. And what I'm slowly learning how to do is to, one, realize that I'm not really a body, which is helpful, doesn't solve everything. But then when I keep handing the idea of pain over to the Holy Spirit or over to God to heal, I notice that the pain at least lessens, at least allows me to get through in another hour, two hours, three hours before maybe it comes back up again. And then I have to release it or ask for, for my mind to heal. I'm not asking for my back to heal because it has nothing to do with my back. You know, that's something that I've learned, um, again, through Course in Miracles and other spiritual practices that, you know, any of the ailments that we're suffering from is typically happening at, at the mind level. Uh, and that's not to say that we're going to, you know, whatever state we're at, or maybe, you know, another healer doesn't mean that they're always or you're always going to heal everything. Um, but at least you can ad obtain some peace of mind, even if your body might appear to be suffering if your mind is healed and at peace, 
then you'll be able to accept things a lot easier. And then, yes, maybe that will lead to um, physical ease. Um, I can't promise anything. I would say I would hope so. But, I mean, I personally don't expect that. But that did bring to mind um, <laughs> one of the more – it just makes me emotional every time I think about this and having to write about it. But, you know, one of the more powerful things that I remember reading from the uh, Gary Renard books was the hints – not the hints, but just the few times that his ascended masters would say, well, you know, because Jesus or Yeshua was so enlightened – you know, he didn't feel any pain when he was being, uh, you know, apparently being tormented and crucified. That, you know, it was, it's our minds, our, our guilt-filled minds that think he was in tons of pain and that he truly suffered for us. But while writing the book, you know, I wanted to write from the perspective of, okay, well, what would it have been like if he was so connected with God, his mind was completely so healed that he truly never did experience any pain through his trial, the beatings, marching up the hill um, to Golgotha, and then the actual crucifixion. Um, that experience for me was quite profound. Um, just the idea that someone could be so joined with God while they appear to be walking around in a body that they could literally have, you know, nails driven through their wrists and feet and experience nothing but love, especially from, in this case, it would be Roman soldiers or some of the, the Jewish um, Sanhedrin uh, or Sa the Sadducees that were there that were just filled with hate and wanted to see him experience pain and suffering. And yet all they re got back from him was just either a grin or a smile or just a joke, um, what would that be like? <laughs> um, I, personally, I feel that there's probably some people that could really resonate with, with this, some of this writing. Um, I'm really hoping it does. But I know for me, it's been life-changing in ways that I'm still not even sure about yet, <laughs> still trying to figure out. But to me, that is the ultimate level of really joining with God and having a healed mind, like to literally be going through uh, what would appear to be huge suffering crucifixion, but because Yeshua was so healed, he literally did not suffer. That was just the question I had. I was like, what might that be like? What might our lives be like if we had that much faith, trust, love and devotion to God that we could literally, no matter what experience came our way, it was just all good because it was all God. And then I think even, um, at least in my mind, that the way that I wrote uh, Masters of Love, you know, Mary Magdalene was definitely very close to Yeshua's equal at the time of his crucifixion, but I think she still had some lessons to go through. And the biggest one being that, she, you know, her husband, her love, was killed and taken away from her, and um, she still, at an intellectual level, understood it was all an illusion. But I think for her, it took, you know, many years of forgiving that situation, because I think also they had, they did have a deep love for each other. And I think there were moments where she felt kind of lonely and like, wow, I can't believe, you know, the love of my life is gone. And then she'd catch herself 
heal that or ask for that to be healed and she'd go back into being peaceful again. And then the the other interesting part that I'll reveal about Mary's story, and this has been documented in um, the the church, the Catholic Church, you know, St. Mary Magdalene, um, that basically her time in southern France, um, there's, I believe it's recorded, or at some point someone wrote it down, but to me it, it speaks truth, was that um, she didn't require food in the later part of her life for several years is the way I felt it. And to me, that's another demonstration of it's just an effect. A mir- you know, what would be an, a miracle to us is just merely someone that has joined back to their source with God. And if God is the only source that you need, then, of course, anything that this world provides would be meaningless. And so in this case, food. She was so joined with God that her body literally did not require food. And, of course, we, if um, breatharianism is out there, and I think, you know, like Indian masters of the East have been able to demonstrate this, that, you know, if, if you connect with your source, then your body really doesn't need food. Um, you know, am I at a level yet to try that? Heck no. <laughs> And I still enjoy food and beverages and things like that. So I know I'm not ready to give that up. And I also know that that's not part, it's not a requirement to basically return your mind to God. You don't have to give things up. Um, I think that's one, the last major thing I wanted to address was, I think what really doesn't sit well with me to this day, and even when I was growing up was, again, I think I talked about this before, was oh, I want to be just like Jesus, or I want to be just like Saint so-and-so. And what what did they do? Oh, well, they stopped eating. So in order for me to be spiritual, I'm going to stop eating. Or in order for me to be spiritual, I'm going to stop, um, you know, anything that's enjoyable of the body. You know, that's not what this is about. It's not about mimicking actions. It's really about eating food and being with God. It's about um, having... Um, sexual relationships and and being with God in your mind still. Um, that's really what matters. Just let the body do what the body's going to do. Kind of like uh, what Jesus said, you know, render unto Caesar what's Caesar's. Um, you know, you can hand over your money, your tax money or whatever, um, but if you do that and you're angry and you're upset and you're making it really real, <laughs> then I think you're missing the point. Or even if you're like, well, I'm going to hand my money over because it's what I should do, and I'm going to say I'm doing this, and I love God, and I love you, but, you know, in your mind, there's there's this disruption, you're not at peace, you're still not feeling that great about it. Um, th- that's, that's just a symbol that you're just trying to mimic actions versus really work at the mind level, and really be truthful about it. Like, if you pay your taxes and you're really angry about it or you don't like it, then just realize it. It's okay. Own up to it. And then ask for that to be healed. Hand that over and say, I don't want to feel this way. I'd rather be with God. I'd rather feel the way I would with God when I hand this money over or when I eat this food or when I, when I, you know, blah, 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 all these things that you do as a body. So again, it's not about giving things up. Although I think the natural effect is that eventually you start to give things up or not really give them up. You just aren't interested in them anymore. And I, I've talked to several people that, you know, had been drinking alcohol regularly and all of a sudden as they got more spiritual, they just 
realize I don't need that anymore. And maybe they indulge every once in a while because I do think like Yeshua, Mary Magdalene, you know, they, they drank wine, not all the time, but they definitely drank it. They didn't go, oh, I'm giving this up because I'm spiritual or I want to be with God. No, they they had their time as bodies, but every time, you know, they were joining their mind with God, reminding themselves that this is all I want. All I want is God. And I will to know my place with God in heaven, and that that was this theme that was running through their lives over and over and over again. Okay, so I think that really takes us to the end here. And before we go, I just want to remind some folks um, that I do um, gift intuitive readings to people. That is, I give them for free right now. I just feel like doing the service. And I'm going to make this offer again for anyone that signs up for my uh, email list or my newsletter at kreitza.com, K-R-Y-T-S-A.com. If you sign up today, November 3rd, 2017, um, I will gift uh, a 60-minute intuitive reading to those of you that sign up. And we'll figure that out um, once I get your email if you're interested. If you're listening to this uh, after November 3rd, uh, but you really feel called to, um, you can always go to my website, Kreitza, K-R-Y-T-S-A dot com, and just go to the contacts page and just send me an email explaining why th- you would, you're would you interested in a reading, and we'll see what we can do for sure. And for those of you that do sign up, um, you're always going to receive something free, and I believe now there's going to be two free ebooks that you're going to get, plus the first three chapters to Masters of Love will be in that packet. Um, those are the unedited chapters, so you get to a taste of what it, the book might be like. Um, so yeah, enjoy that. Feel free to go over to the website and sign up for that. But other than that, I think that's it for now. So let's just grow our community and uh, strengthen our relationship and love of God, who is love, because God is. And let's do that together. So feel free to tune in uh, in a couple weeks from now. And... Uh, I'm not even sure what the top is is going to be. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what uh, Spirit has cooking up. So again, love to you all. Deepen in the divine and see you in two weeks. Thank you very much.